is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. And our sermon today is entitled, A Greater Fellowship. This is the Lord's Word. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside, put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia. And perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. May the Lord bless, bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. Oh, it really is Memorial Day weekend. Everyone in their shorts, everywhere in their, in their summer clothing. Memorial Day weekend is always very interesting to me because it's, it's when summer starts for many of us. Uh, for the college students, you're out of college and you're trying to figure out what to do for the summer. Uh, for those of us who have kids, schools have finally finished and we're trying to figure out our summer schedule. Uh, for those of you who are just adults, you're trying to see when am I going to take vacation? How am I going to enjoy the weather that is out there? It's interesting. I was speaking with one of you last week, and we were talking about the places that we have traveled and the places that we would like to travel. And there's this one person who's been to many, many different places, and I said to her, the earth must be really boring to you. You've been everywhere. Should we send you to Mars? Should we send you to the moon? But the most interesting thing about travel, the most interesting thing about the summer, the most interesting thing about the opportunities you will have are not the places that you'll go visit, but it'll be the people that you meet, the people that you'll see. Perhaps on that plane ride, perhaps on that train ride, perhaps as, as you're hiking a mountain and you see strangers walking with you. That even though the glory of the Lord is all around us, even when we take that hike and we feel the, the fresh breath in our lungs and we feel more alive than, than ever before, there's nothing like speaking to someone else made in the image of God and hearing their stories. There's nothing more exciting than hearing their background, who they are, where they came from. 
and then hearing their hearts and knowing this person needs God just as much as I do. And perhaps you'll meet someone who shares the same faith with you. And you'll be encouraged by hearing someone with a Spanish accent, a French accent, a Chinese accent tell you, Jesus is my Savior too. And all of a sudden, the beauty of the world simply becomes the backdrop of the beauty of that person saved by faith that the Lord has brought into your life to speak with, to talk with. There are many times in the summer that you'll have opportunities to, to, to travel, to visit people. And I encourage you not to use the summer just to take a break for yourself, but take the summer to go to the places you'll go and to ask the Lord, Lord, the best thing about this vacation will not be the places I see or food I eat, but the people that I will meet. And these people who need Jesus and who, who perhaps love Jesus. Open up conversations for me. Let me hear what it means to grow up in, in, in the faith in Africa. Let me meet someone who, who, who is desperate in his life and is just traveling because they're running away from something. May I be the bearer of good news. I was watching this one documentary about this, this man who grew up in the inner city. And he was talking about how he would see um, violence everywhere. He became a teacher and eventually became a principal of, of a school. And he said, once he became a principal, the thing that hit his heart the most was watching and hearing about children dying because of gun violence. And because he grew up there, he looked at those people, and he didn't see people who were violent people. He didn't look at people and see people as sort of people who are unsavable. But because he grew up there, he knew his own heart. He saw those people as people who needed help. Where would you go this summer? These are not strangers who are just wandering These are people who need help. And when you hear their story, when you start to share your story, I pray that this summer will be fruitful for you. My parents don't like to travel. They just say, I can see it on YouTube. What's the big deal? In a sense, there's a little bit of truth to that, a little bit of just being funny but people that's something else this expansion of knowing that this world is global that this world is big is something that we as Christians need to hear and need to understand the health of the church the health of this church depends upon our understanding that God's kingdom 
is bigger than CCPC. That it's bigger than our own little world. That there's a world out there where people need to hear the good news of Jesus. That there are people out there who are struggling to understand what's the meaning of life. And there are people out there, brothers and sisters, who need your prayer and your support to love, to work with. You can go to all the places of the earth. And yes, perhaps Mars is the last place you can go. But you can never see enough people and not get bored of the beauty that God has made in each and every one of us. So here, as Paul ends his letter, we get a glimpse of the context in which he's writing this letter. Paul is doing two things. The first thing is that he is a missionary. He's on his missionary journey, traveling across what we know as, as, East, uh, as West Asia and, and of Europe, sharing the good news about Jesus Christ and what he has done. And he's reporting back to the church in Jerusalem constantly about his journeys, about how Gentiles are coming to hear the good news and are coming in droves to know Christ himself. And as these churches are established in these different areas, Paul's encouragement to the churches is not simply to, to grow yourself, but to remind them that you are connected to the bigger body of Christ, to all these churches all over the known world who are trying to spread the good news of Christ and that we together are partnering and working together to make him known. There is a joy in knowing, number one, that God is the Lord of this whole world. that Jesus is not simply the Lord of my little heart, my little family, my little church, but that Jesus' kingdom is beyond that, is bigger than that, is larger than that. There's a vision that we are able to identify with. There's a vision that we are able to, to, to join in, to commune with God. Knowing that we share in all of humanity, not simply image bearers of God, but people out there who know Jesus from different cultural backgrounds. And to be able to rejoice together and see the gospel go forth. It's amazing that when we're in our own little sort of theological bubble at times, perhaps even in our own little world of our own concerns at times, that when you meet a brother or a sister from another part of the world, and you talk with them. And they talk with you. You begin to mutually encourage one another in the faith. Let me give you a story. 
I met a brother of mine about 10 years ago. He was from Kenya. He was someone I knew in seminary. And we had met up. And we were talking about our faith and trying to encourage one another. And I would hear his story and I would say, I can't believe the government confiscates everything. He goes, yeah. Basically, we ship things over there. And unless we pay a bribe, we can't get the Bibles and the things that, that we ask for. And so we often have to ask people, you know, not only to get the supplies and the transportation, but the bribe money as well. I'm like, man, that's rough. Yeah, we're trying to do God's work. And it's discouraging for us. And the only words, the words I can give them is, let me see if I can ask some people. Let me pray for you. I hear your heart. This is something I, that doesn't happen here in the U.S. And I was encouraged by hearing his story, and I was encouraged by being able to, to sort of ask people that I know, to, can you help this guy out? Is there a way that, that we can get these Bibles and these theological materials over there? And I started sharing sort of my story. Yeah, here in the U.S., uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. We, we have everything. At least people think they have everything. And I get discouraged, and we get discouraged sometimes because we're fighting over getting people's hearts to love the Lord instead of material things of this world. And he says to me, we have that in Kenya too, but not as much as you guys. Don't know what you're going through. But I know what it means not to have anything. And I want to encourage you that God can work through that. Don't worry about it. Let me pray for you. And to hear those different stories of what God is doing in different places encourages the heart to grow in faith, to grow in thankfulness. It encourages you to see the global reach of God's grace in all things. Brothers and sisters, our church has to be a church that understands the globalization of this world and the global missions responsibility that we have. That does not mean that all of you will go overseas, but it does mean that all of us, I believe, should have relationships with other people, especially here in Atlanta, whether it's at work, whether it's through other friends, of people who know Jesus from different cultures, that we may be encouraged to hear their struggles, our struggles, completely different, and yet still worship the same God. To get out of our bubble, to love his people as he loves us. This is good for us. This is good for God's kingdom. 
In fact, the chaos of missions, the chaos of people coming through, the chaos of missionaries in and out, the chaos of trying to figure out where where we're going to go, the chaos of people from different cultures coming here, the chaos is a good thing, not a bad thing. Look what Paul writes at the end of his letter. Listen, Timothy's going to come by, and other people are going to come through. There's going to... There are people going to come visit. They're going to talk about the gospel with you. They're going to talk about what's happening at the church in Jerusalem. And, and we're just going to, to talk about what's happening in our family. It's chaos. But it's good. We get to hear each other's stories. And we get to fill each other's need for him. Think about your families. Family reunions are some of the toughest things to do some of the toughest things to do. It's chaos. There's always that one person in the family who wants to organize everything really well, but they always get frustrated because everyone else just just wants to show up. But it's family. And if you're looking to have an earthly family that's that's orderly and 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 that always works well, you'll never have a family. Just live by yourself. But it's that family of chaos who love one another. That sort of Italian family or, 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 or the Korean family even where, where, where everyone is loud and everyone fights and everyone shouts at each other, but everyone loves one another. That's not a bad part of family. That's a good part of family. The church family is the same. When things throw us off our kilter, when people come from different cultures and different places, when we go to different places and they challenge us about our faith and they encourage us about our faith, that's a good thing. And so we as a church need to understand the chaos of people coming in and out. It's wonderful for who we are. Now, there's some very practical things here that I want to encourage all of you. We need to become a church and continue to grow as a church that is concerned with the globalization of the world and of missions to this world. Yes, at this point, we're still pretty much an Asian-American church, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to become a church that is concerned with what's going on in this world. And whether the mission of this church will be to sort of go out and to see the diversity is out there, or to bring that diversity in is largely dependent upon us and who we are. So very pragmatic things. Number one, make friends with people who know Jesus outside of this church. And especially those who have a vastly different story of faith than yours. 
You don't have to go to the same church as them. It's okay. But hear their stories. Learn from their stories. That you yourself will benefit and that this church will benefit. As your pastor, I, I, I have no fear. I'm not going to say, well, you know, you shouldn't talk to people from other people's churches because if you do that, oh my goodness, they might leave our church. Oh no, I'm, I'm scared. I, I, I'm not scared. You need to know other people. You need to grow in the richness of what God's doing out there that you may bring it back to this church and encourage one another and say, let me tell you about my friend who I met, who, who knows Jesus, goes to this church in downtown Atlanta, and this is what they're wrestling with. I know we can't, let's pray for them at least. Can we pray for them? Can we pray for the city of Atlanta? And as we do that, the chaos, the wonderful chaos of trying to figure out who we are and how to help this world to grow in Jesus, that's wonderful, that's beautiful. The second thing we must do is as a church, we, all, we already serve, uh, have committed to, um, um, to, to three people who are in missions, um, to the Hastings family who's working with the refugees here in Clarkston, um, to the Dillon family who's in Peru, and then finally, Joseph, who's working at that strange place called Emory University um, with all those strange students, working as the RUF intern there. As a church, we've made the decision that these are the people that we want to know and pray for. So even though as individuals, you might meet new people and, and, and get different perspectives, but as a church, we have to come together and pray for these people encourage these people, write letters to these people. I was talking to uh, um, Scott Dillon, our, the missionary support in Peru, and he was telling me how the older missionaries, when uh, they would get discouraged and things like that, that what encouraged them the most was letters. Letters from people back home. Letters about their, their prayers for them. Letters of encouragement to them. That, that's what really stuck out in their hearts to, to, to continue to labor on. And now these older missionaries, you know, when they send out their support letters, the only thing they might get is just a little, little Facebook thing, praying for you. Dot. Hey, God is good. Dot. But there's a difference, is there not? Maybe not for your generation, but for my generation. It's, it's, there's different than someone just liking something. But to know that people are really praying for me and sending me a letter, a phone call, a Skype. How are you? My life here is chaos too. Your life is chaos. I can take 10 minutes. Let me pray for you. There's a knowledge that we have in our relationships with our missionaries that, that needs to grow beyond just simple pleasantries, Christian pleasantries that mean nothing. 
but to have Christian love. So I encourage you. We, we, we have, you, you were sent by the missions committee, uh, many of you, uh, the newsletter of our, our missionaries. Pray for them. We need to add Joseph to that as well, but to pray for them. And when Scott does come and visit and he preaches, you can say to them, Scott, so good to see you. We've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. My family's been praying for you. Can we pray for you more? Because we enjoy praying for you. It is good for God's people, for God's church to grow beyond and labor beyond these walls. Third practical thing is giving. Finances. The church, the church's witness grows not simply by good intentions, prayer, labor. Those are all good things. Those are all needful things. But then when the world sees this radical generosity by God's people for the sake of missions, the world sees the value of our faith more than anything else. Here, Paul is collecting money for Jerusalem. There's a famine. And he's asking all the churches out there, collect money once a month. And then whether it's an emissary or me, we'll, we'll collect the money and we'll take it to Jerusalem. And we'll count as blessing that we can labor together. Part of being a church that is interconnected to one another, a mission that's interconnected to one another, is to be able to give and to give generously in such a way that reflects the values of our heart. God is generous to his people. God has given us the financial abilities to steward for him and his glory. And so here, he's asking to put aside a certain sum once a week for this mercy ministry in Jerusalem. We here at the church, we put aside a sum for our missions. And that's, that's okay for, for all of us. You can claim that as a church, that we, I, support the Dillons, that we, I, support the Hastings, that we, I, support Joseph. But think beyond that. There's nothing stopping you for supporting other people on your own. There's nothing stopping you 
for giving that one donation to someone that, that's really in need. There's nothing stopping you. The health of this church, the health of God's kingdom here, depends not simply on our generosity to ourselves and one another. The health of this church depends upon our love and generosity to the bigger kingdom that we are a part of. Listen, you'll be better off to this. If I could, if I could, if I could appeal to your uh, uh, sense of self-preservation and, and self-growth and stuff like that, as a church, we are healthier when we are following God's commands and we are healthier when we follow his commands to make sure that this gospel goes to the ends of the earth. As Jesus came to love all people for his kingdom, God calls us to do likewise. So one, pray for a friendship outside of this church someone who knows the Lord who you can share prayer requests with and to encourage and to be encouraged by who knows maybe you'll find that friend on Skype I don't know number two support the missionaries that we have already in prayer at the very least Number three, be generous. Be generous to the missionaries. Be generous to the other churches. We as a church need to do that as well. And the last bit of, this is a little bit of shameless promotion. Um, our missions agency, MTW, Missions to the World, um, they have what they call vision trips. Uh, and these vision trips are wonderful. You get to visit different places in the world but you get to visit missionaries. You get to stay with them. They show you the, the, the ministry and they show you what God is doing there. They have these vision trips all around the world. You go to Peru, go to Europe, go to Japan, go to Africa, go to Australia. And as Asian people, when we go, I feel guilty because it seems more like a vacation than a mission trip because we're not really working. We're just looking around and we're just seeing what God is doing. But it's not really vacation, like a standard vacation because it's not like I get to go where I want, just eat what I want and stuff like that. But the glory of that is what? Seeing what God is doing in a different country. Enjoying what God is doing there. So if you haven't planned your vacation and you want something a little bit more, di something different than simply sightseeing and eating food, why not meet people on the field? Why not meet the people they're ministering to? Why not build friendships with people laboring across the world? Why not spend that money Go for a week to Australia. Go for a week to Peru. Go for a week to Africa. 
go to week to uh, Costa Rica. Spend time with a missionary. Spend time with the people. Walk in their shoes. Eat their food, not the expensive tourist restaurant food. And be filled with the joy of hearing stories of people who are longing to know the same Savior that you love. We're almost done with Corinthians. We have one more sermon to do. But Paul, in all his efforts to help this church with all these problems, to rectify and get fixed, he doesn't forget, and we should never forget as well, that we need always to remember that we live in a global world and we need to serve the global church as well. Let's pray.